Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another edition of Adventures in Careerland. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Adriano Magnifico. I'm the career lead at the Louisville Arts and Tech Center. We'll be joined by a couple of co-hosts in just a moment. Just want to mention about our esteemed Arts and Technology Center. It is a place of applied technical and apprenticeship learning. Programs like building trades, broadcast media, baking, pastry arts, automotive, hairstyling, information systems. It's a place where you come to find the skills that are lying dormant inside of you. So many high school students come to this space because they've been on the beaten path for a long time. They've done the K to 12 system and some of them say, like my co-hosts here today, say, I need a change. I've got to try something different. It can't be the same. I've done this too long. And they come here and they discover all kinds of great possibilities in themselves. And they see possibilities for employment. Part of this gig is Adventures in Careerland, the adventure. And so we like to bring guests on our show to share their adventure, their career path. What decisions did they make? How did they discover the path for them? What was their high school experience like? And what we discover in this space is inspiration. We discover inspirational stories that young people listen to and acknowledge, that's exactly how I feel. That's what I'm thinking about. That's why it's so important to me. And they feel a special affirmation, special a little level of confidence when they listen to our podcast saying, someone felt like me before. That's awesome. And a lot of people do. You see a lot of similarities. You see some differences too. And you also figure out what some of the great questions are that you can ask of yourself. And that's pretty cool. My co-hosts today are two such students. Of course, I'm with Caitlin Middlestadt, who's our co-host. How are you, Caitlin? I'm good. How are you? All right, Caitlin, how's your day going so far? It's going actually really well. Why? It's so nice out, so I'm happy, and also we're working on something fun. So are you a hot or cold person for the weather? I'd rather have hot weather. Really hot by weather? By far. Well, not really hot, but I'd rather have like warm, where you can just walk out in like shorts, nice short sleeves, and be fine. Would you like to live in a place like Italy in the summer, where it's 40 degrees, or Greece, where it's 40 degrees? And wander around there. Would yeah, you like that? That would be fun. With no air conditioning? Mm, I like my air conditioning. Oh, another first world problem. Very good, very good. And Caden Seidler. Seidler? Siddler, yes. Siddler. He keeps changing the name. No, Caitlin. he does. Caitlin, he, he does. keeps changing his name. I don't think he knows how to pronounce his own name. Cause he's given, no, because he one, said Seidler a while ago, I and I'm saying Siddler. So it's Seidler. Siddler. Siddler. Yeah. Siedler. All right, we're going to keep quizzing you because. Eventually, yeah. you're going to change your name. It'll be a whole different name. <laughs> yeah, no different. It might yeah. be Schmegley by the end. Caden <laughs> Schmegley. All right. So, Caden, what uh, have you been doing all day today? Uh, not much. A little bit of editing. Uh, pretty having a good morning. It's hot again, so. And of course, these students good. are in the broadcast media program. Yeah. Are you a hot and cold person? What's yeah, your? I'm game? a hot person. I much my skin in the winter. It's it's not good. I much prefer being hot and shorts and. Uh, not having to wear layers. But, but you look like a pretty fair person. Do you, yeah, get, do you uh, burn pretty easily? I do. I don't tan. I'm, I'm a ginger, so there's no tanning for me. A ginger. But, uh, <laughs> it's just burning, but I, I usually I'm pretty lucky and I stay, I stay, uh, stay unburned. So, wow. yeah. I'm trying to grow ginger in my garden. That's an interesting uh, 
Peace. Anyway, <laughs> amazing that you're talking that way because I'm thinking about you two in graduation and yes. I go to lots of classes in the Arts and Tech Center and around the division and ask them this question often. I ask them, what is your greatest fear when you leave high school? So I'll bring this to you too. What are you worried about when you leave this place? Uh, well, first, I'm going to miss it, obviously, just being around this stuff all the time. But uh, so, you, so you're worried about not being comfortable? Well, here. yeah, maybe a little bit of that. Yes, uh, yes. I'm actually, uh, yeah, I'd say just being out and having to figure it out on your own is a little, a little scary. But I mean, I'm, 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 I'm excited too. Does ATC help build your confidence about making alleviating, uh, yes, alleviating well, some of your fears? For sure, like the thing well, that you do, you know, with helping with uh, internships and all that, and uh, getting the resume sorted out so you can go to an actual work workplace. Um, that's cool. It makes it easier because you get a little help and uh, feel more comfortable doing that for sure. So it's important to have support yeah. before you leave. Yeah. Does the regular system give you enough support? Not enough. No. Not okay. depends where you are. Yeah. Okay, that's an editorial comment. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Caitlin, what are you worried about? Um, Nothing. That's I'm, fantastic. No. Caitlin? <laughs> I'm just worried about not knowing what to do after. Well, you know what? You are in, when you listen, well, you're in a, a common place. Yeah. Now, you're in the broadcast media program getting some skills. Are you getting a different sense of what you might be able to do? Yeah. Because Why? before, I didn't really look. I enjoyed doing this stuff, but I didn't really know how to like do it or like do it professionally. But now I do, so now I have like more confidence in it, and I think I could go farther. And you know that's kind of cool because our guest and I were talking yesterday, and he was talking about he's a marketing major, mm -hmm. right? And that's one of the most I don't know ambiguous kind of degrees you can get a mark. And he'll talk about that. So you've talked about marketing, right? You've thought about marketing. You like to be creative in your classes. Here you mm -hmm. come here and see it. And you see what an actual marketing document looks like yeah. and the kind of precision that goes into it and the kind of audience it has to serve. You see that stuff right in this program. So I, I, I submit to both of you, you're getting skills you may not even know are super relevant till you do the career canvas later and you start telling the story of it. Right? It's important stuff to do. So we have a guest today, a very special guest. He's a dear friend of mine. He's... I, I just love this guy. He's a person I've worked with for the longest time. He is Scott Angus of HP Change. This is a company of his own, and HP's going to tell us what HP, HP is all about. But Scott, how are you, sir? Good, very good. All right. How are you all? I'm ready to. I'm ready to go here. I'm ready to register for ATC. You're going to fire it up. That's <laughs> yeah. your term, man. <laughs> I'm going to fire it up, man. I love when you get into a workshop with us, and you're going to fire it up, baby. <laughs> Are you Appar ready to fire it up? Apparently I say that like yeah. all the time. <laughs> I love it. So let's love fire it. it up. I know. Let's fire it up. Hey, they're worried about things. When you were in high school mm. back in the day, mm. what were you worried about? That's a great question. I um, There'll be a lot of great questions here, Scott. I, I see all your notes there. I'm worried. Yeah. The uh, the I would say similar to what, what, what Caitlin mentioned. It was like I wasn't necessarily afraid to leave. Like I was ready to go, but it was like I don't know what I'm what I'm what I'm doing mm -hmm. in the world, um, and so yeah, it was a little bit nerve wracking having to like try to figure that out. Well, that's a that's a common dilemma. So yeah. you don't know what to do, but you went to St. Paul's High School. Yeah, you you you, uh, you minions of mine know what a St. Paul High School is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a private school. Mm -hmm. It's just for boys. So 
uh, we had a person on last week from St. Like Mary's, Mary's Academy. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. St. Paul's and St. Mary's hung out together a lot mm-hmm. of the times, didn't they? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. kind of things did they do together? Because it was all boys in one school and all girls mm-hmm. in another school. Mm-hmm. I can imagine the tension in each school. Yeah, well, everybody's weird at that age. (laughs) 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 So it's, uh, you know, you get your little days planned at the beginning and the end of the year where you do like, you know, like uh, beginning of the year walks and stuff. And then there's the school dances and such. Together, right? Together, yeah. And did you school play sometime? Yep. Like it's hard for you guys to do unless, you you know, you're 1600 Shakespeare where all the men are playing females. Uh, it's hard. Yes, it's yeah. hard. So you guys did your plays together. Yes, or, yeah. Was that the only time you ever saw females? <laughs> uh, no, like I still lived a regular <laughs> life where I could see people. Yeah. Well, you weren't locked to your chair and just had to sit with all those men and continue to continue to persevere. Anyway, two two pretty high end schools, I'd say. Pretty high end. Would you say the academic requirement was pretty high in those places? Yeah, yeah, like there was a major um, kind of focus on academics and academic kind of performance, I would say. And do most of the kids go to university out of those programs? Yes. Yes, and of course, I would say so. that's the goal. And I think when parents send their kids to that space, they're expecting more discipline. They're expecting more homework, right? What was homework like for you two? Uh, I had a lot. Uh, did you have a lot of homework? did it a lot. Uh, you did a lot? You didn't do it a lot. Yeah. What was homework? And you never got in trouble for it? Sometimes. Occasionally. What was homework like for you? I mean, I honestly feel like I had more homework in middle school. But in high school, it was just the stuff that, like, you didn't finish in class that you'd have to finish at home. Okay. So what was homework like for you at the... That's the strategy. (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to... It was... uh, Yeah. It was a a lot. It was a lot. Um, But, like, when I do stuff... Like, I've taught courses now, and I'm very much of, like, the like the strategy of like let's do it in class and mm-hmm. uh and your homework is to go live uh do interesting things with your life after hours <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to think i remember teaching in a private school mm-hmm. and uh i get in my early career the expectation was so high for academics i get parents calling me going my kid has no life yeah there's too much homework in this school and that's where uh sometimes some schools have the unhealthy balance, and some don't have enough. Mm-hmm. So it's tough mm-hmm. to find that balance. I mean, you find teachers who give you that special kind of balance in your life, pushing you, asking you of things. Does a program like this, the art, the broadcast media program, push you in some ways? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wow. Uh, well, there's a lot of do- deadlines and stuff to be done on time. So there's. Uh... Do you ever have to take anything home? Yeah, but it's like digital usually, so. Like on a USB, you just do it at home on your computer. But yeah, basically the same type of thing. I feel like, because here I feel like it's more of a, like, we don't really have homework unless it's like going out and filming during after school hours for like sports and stuff. But I feel like it's more of like if you don't finish your work on time or like if you're running behind, you can bring it home and work on it. We don't normally have like projects where it's like you have to take it home and work on it. Well, yeah, but you're out unless you want to catch up. You guys are out every second night. Oh on, yeah, on a project somewhere at a school. Yeah, you're running around. But in is, my brain, I don't see it as homework, even though it, I feel like it technically I is. Love that. But I don't see it as. But that's what it's supposed to be, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like I'm doing some burden. Homework yeah. has always been this burden, right? Mm-hmm. So Scott, you're at St. Paul's High School. Yeah. And what kind of extracurricular stuff are you doing? Because St. Paul's is a space in my knowledge of people who go there where they want you to participate in extracurriculars. What were you doing in extracurriculars? Mm. 
Yeah, we um, very sports heavy, St. Paul's. So I played golf and curling, not the sports you would think <laughs> sure. of. I'm looking at you. I thought you'd be a, a DB in a football team, maybe no. play a hockey team, no. volleyball center. No. Volleyball center. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> so you played on the golf team. Yeah. Well, that's kind of executive corporate style stuff, right? Because you got to golf yeah. is that sport that business people need to play. Right. And you became a marketing major. So this is something where you had to play this. Right. So golf. What else did you do? Um, yeah, we were we were chatting about this the other day. And I was like struggling to think of like stuff that I did. I was like, I didn't... see, the thing about my high school experience was that I, I kind of like I, I knew most people. And like I was friends with most people, but I wasn't really like good friends with most people. So I didn't really like fit anywhere. So I didn't, I didn't really have like a, a specific like, oh, he's a football guy or he's a whatever. So I, I did like a handful of things. We talked about reach for the top. You did reach for the top. I, I love trivia. So that was like. Do you two know what reach for the top is? I don't. Okay, um, reach for the top goes back to the 70s when mm-hmm. I was a kid. And I remember when you told me that, I, I thought, where did I see that? I saw it live at Nelson Mack. I went to Nelson Mack in 1974. I was in a junior high. And we got to go watch Reach for the Top set up in the Nelson Mack gym mm. with a, 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 a moderator named Bill Guest, who's a famous Canadian icon. And these schools would compete with each other. Pure trivia, right? Trivia. Pure yeah. trivia. So who did you compete against? I didn't even know this thing existed back in your day. And your day is only back to 2007 or something. Right? Uh, they had like inter-school things i don't know it wasn't really like it wasn't like a, it wasn't provincial and you went off and did no, that stuff in the, no. in the old days you became the champions of the yeah i think that's t- i think that still exists but I've it never, was like internal inter-school I, stuff yeah. I, i've never heard of it you were also on the chess team like <laughs> well there was no teams okay <laughs> <laughs> but again so, i was like i'm like i'm decent at, at trivia i'm decent at chess but i wasn't like great and of course, St. Paul's is famous for something called the jug. Mm. Do you know what that is, you two? No. Justice under God. Yeah. And that was the detention hall. And they still have that, right? Sounds intense. And you'd go to the jug. You'd have to go to your jug. All right. And it was when you did certain things. And you'd have to be a real delinquent to be going to the jug. So what were you? What kind of awful things were you doing to go to a jug you said did you tell me you went to one jug or something i had one jug my entire one jug high your school entire high school and you knew there were guys regular regular uh practitioners oh in yeah. The jug. oh yeah. guys who were regularly going to the jug so, oh yeah so what bad things did you do to get into well the jug? i was like i was like trying to like keep my you know i wasn't trying to like do anything bad so i was like <laughs> i was just trying to stay out of trouble you know <laughs> No, yeah, don't make too much commotion. But I did get, I did get one jug, and it was like so. They have minor infractions there, so if you get four minor infractions, you get a jug. And I think I just had like I was like chewing gum once. I like, I like, I like ran in the hall or something stupid. Your tie wasn't straight. It, yeah, like yeah, the, like the dress code violation. Dress codes was are like crazy a, there, right? Yes, yeah. You guys gotta wear it. at St. Paul's. Do you have to still wear the sweaters and the ties and the jackets all the time? Well, I think they still are, right? A suit and a tie, yeah. Don't you, like, tie. get a day where you can just, like, Yes, there's wear, casual days. Like, oh, that's nice. 
That's nice. Would you like to wear suits and ties all no. day? No, I wouldn't. I mean, 50-50, because then you don't have to pick out an outfit every day. Well, there you but go. But then also, True. I would want to pick out an outfit, because yeah. expressing myself. I don't know. You couldn't express yourself at St. Paul, Scott? Is that what I'm hearing In your from outfit. Caitlin? In your outfit, in your tux, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. Your tux. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you wear. So, so that was uh, that was a uh, a period in time when um, you could wear a white belt and it wouldn't look weird. It was like the mid <laughs> the mid two thousands with white so, shoes, yeah. white belt. You could wear Ooh. a white belt. It, it sounds like the disco era of it. Is that? Uh, no, it was more like the, <laughs> the like the long kind of front comb over. Emo era. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh my god! I, 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 I was trying to think of the band that had the crazy hair, like, uh, oh, uh, um, you know, what I'm talking about from from the '90s or something. Uh, anyway, there's a couple of them with crazy hair. I forget them. Oh, I can't even. I'm, Green I'm, Day, but there's I don't know if a that's lot. It. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Okay. Anyway, tell me more. You leave St. Paul's, and mm. you you say you're one of those innocuous people in the hallway, avoiding trouble, <laughs> right? Doing your thing, getting mm. good marks, right? You're a hardworking student. Yeah. St. Paul's, everybody kind of works hard there yeah. because they select their students, right? Public school system doesn't get to select. <laughs> so I'm stuck with Caden and Caitlin, <laughs> right? There's nothing I can do. They just come. I, but How does that make you feel? <laughs> well, he did, he did <laughs> I'm kidding around. I'm blessed to have these two. Yeah. But St. Paul's actually got to write a test to get in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're doing that stuff, right? Here, public school. Um, you Thank get, goodness. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. Mm-hmm. As I used to tell my children, when when they were portioned something that they didn't like or didn't get exactly what they wanted. Anyway, uh, tell me more. You leave St. Paul's. Yep. You're not the heavy acad- uh, or you're you're more of an academic type. You would say in the hallways. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You move on to university. But the, the th- what's so the life at university like? The thing is, the thing is. I was like very good at kind of staying out of trouble, and how you stay out of trouble is you memorize stuff, Ooh. and you get you get decent marks. But looking back, hopefully this doesn't ruffle any feathers. You didn't. I didn't learn anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't really learn anything. <laughs> oh my gosh! I see some birds. They're, are those feathers being ruffled in the bird as they fly through the podcast studio? I don't think so. So so that was like, but so I was like, I guess good at academics but i was like good at just kind of doing what i needed to do but you understood that right about yeah. the, the academic world you had to regurgitate things yeah and you could memorize them so you had a great memory could you look at things yeah. and, and memorize them quickly i could do that no i have to write them okay i have to write stuff out okay i i did that too i i, I made my notes and once i memorized i put my notes in a, in a, in a with app with acronyms and things, with different words, letters that meant different words that I could bring to a test very quickly. I, d- I had my little techniques I used mm-hmm. to study. So the memorization thing, you didn't learn anything. So you're going to university. Is it the same gig? You're just memorizing for the psychology test? Some. I, I remember doing that too. Just Some. I'm, I'm yeah. memorizing textbooks. So your university one, what do you figure out about yourself? <laughs> So university one is 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 like this um, year where you like take some required courses for the path that you're you know you, you're going to want to take. So this is at the University of Manitoba, and uh, I don't know if I learned I don't know if I learned much. You kind of learn the ins and outs of like the university setup, I would say. Yeah. So you're kind of in there. You're kind of going, okay, this is kind of how I 
things are a little bit different than high school. Nobody's forcing me to go to class. Nobody's. I'm not getting a jug anytime soon. I just get horrible <laughs> marks if I don't do the work. <laughs> so, so that was like kind of U1, and I was kind of on track to go to Asper School of Business. Was that kind of like the choice? Yeah, so how I decided yes. that, I, I knew I knew you were going to ask this, so I, I, I cut you off there. Right the, uh, so how I decided that was at the end of grade 12, I said, um, okay, what's the, um, nothing was really calling me. And so I was like, what is the, what is the, 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 the least offensive option for me? And it was like more so like out of just, I need to do something. I'm in university. I got to do something. And so that was, so that was kind of the how I decided to go into business, which doesn't sound like the greatest way to, <laughs> to get into something was that it was just like, oh, I guess it's the, it's all right. But I, I wasn't a science person. I wasn't, you know, any. Were you a writer? Were you, were you more of an arts person or a science? You said you're not a science. You're more of an arts person. You like to write. So it's like interesting to... because uh, in, I would say more early on, I was really good at math. We've talked about it. And um, so I was, I was very like kind of, logical math focused um, but I would say more so now I'm I'm less that way more creative I feel like I've kind of like found 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 myself a little bit the so, um, so you started out more as this uh, kind of uh, left brain logical thinker mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and now you've developed your right side your creative mm -hmm. side yeah. now did school kind of suppress that in you then do you think like there was, was there great opportunity? If you're just memorizing stuff, that's such a left brain thing or mm -hmm. right, a left brain thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what helped you discover this creative side of yourself? Um, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, surprisingly, yeah, I would say, like just recently, I would say, I've gotten a lot bit more, a little bit more creative. I think, I think it's kind of always been there. Like throughout my jobs, I always like bringing a creative aspect to it, but I would say that I've kind of leaned into more of maybe the more traditional things that you would see, that you would say are creative, like writing and uh, and doing a lot of video video and audio work, like maybe what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of found that throughout the last couple years, um, but I would say an, anything that I do, like I've done a lot of like event planning and fundraising over, over my years of professional, <laughs> you okay? Yeah, yeah, I was trying to move the mic. <laughs> I was trying to move the mic around, and I'm I'm giving her that furrowed eyebrow look. I don't want you to hear me like swallowing the There's a lot of there's a lot of subtext happening around the table, <laughs> just in case you can't. We're not visual. Yeah. We're just, not yet. That's the beauty of live radio, everyone. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, um, uh, so I always like to bring a creative spin to it, but I feel like I've uh, to anything that I do. But I don't know. I feel like over the last couple of years, I've really leaned into that a little bit more. So. Yeah, I don't know if I uh, consciously suppressed that in school or whatever, but maybe there wasn't there wasn't really well, a, well, some space kinds, to explore yeah, it. There's all kinds of research that shows you're so creative in elementary school, mm -hmm. and you kind of lose that that kind of impetus as you become more science or STEM or, or some of the subjects are more memorization and more uh, just fill in the variables. And high mm -hmm. school has a lot of that piece, right? So when we offer opportunities in high school for you guys to create and think about possibilities, then um, it opens up some doors for you in your brain. You, you, you begin to see possibility. 
So you go into business. It's funny because you go into business almost because business is the generic thing to go into. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It just offers you a chance to see many different facets, facets of what work looks like because mm-hmm. everything's a business mm-hmm. from a nonprofit to a profit to a small startup to a large corporation. And in the Asper School, you join that. Um, what did you get into there? What did you like about it? What, what didn't you like about it in the Asper School? Yeah, so it takes. It took me a couple of years in university to kind of get your get your footing, I would say. And but maybe that was just an excuse I was telling myself. <laughs> it was kind of like, a, oh, you know, just take care of your courses, blah blah blah. Okay, but then eventually, okay, were you partying a lot then? No, no, I wasn't cool. I'm not cool. Uh, <laughs> hey, I think he's cool. Do you think he's cool? Yeah, yeah, he's pretty cool. Yeah, just yeah, the, the, cool. the restraint. Like, yeah, man, yeah. you're cool. Don't sound so like. Yeah, yeah the jury's out <laughs> looking at each other. What should we say? Yeah, yeah, he's very cool. <laughs> the uh, well, thank you. The um, so I would say somebody asked me to join a committee, and the committee was that there was an event happening. Where uh, at Asper, there's a lot of events where professionals uh, get to kind of like uh, mix with like student with the students there. So um, and and the companies and such kind of use it as a recruiting tool because they build relationships with the with the school, but also the students as a way to kind of like see, you know, do you want summer job? Do you want to eventually work here? And so it's like a good kind of uh, recruiting thing for them. And then for the students, it's um, it's obviously great to have opportunities for summer employment and and for jobs past Asper so it was like kind of like one of those events and somebody asked me to join the planning committee and so I kind of got that's how I kind of got exposed to like event planning I would say or putting on kind of events and and that's and that I kind of did that the rest of my time at Asper was just kind of like joining committees and working on projects that I felt gave me more like realistic skills that I could take past See that's important. I've talked, I've talked to our esteemed co-host here just about that tap on the shoulder. When people tap you on the shoulder and say, "Do you want to join this?" They're doing that for a reason. They're not, they're not doing it out of the blue. They mm-hmm. see something in you, mm-hmm. and they say, "Scott, you might be good at this." Without them actually saying that to you. Yeah. So, what did it feel like to get that tap on the shoulder and say, "Hey, we want you to join this"? In hindsight. Uh, it's an important moment during the during the time I don't sometimes things just happen and you don't kind of realize it until after I would say and so that was definitely like a a reflective moment of being like yeah that that tap on the shoulder but in the in the moment it was just like oh that sounds interesting you don't really it was more so just kind of for the for it was just a nice kind of like departure from the usual school structure where um, it's kind of something, it's something extra. It's, it's, and it's something where you, you kind of leaned into your curiosity, I would say. Well, that's um, very cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. So would you say then, and I ask this because I see it so frequently, it's those extracurriculars, the outside activities where the heavy learning actually happens. The academic learning is important. Mm-hmm. It, with, with proper reflection and with proper engagement, but it's those outside pieces where you have to do, 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 make real decisions in real time mm-hmm. that affect the lives of others that are the major classrooms for you. Mm-hmm. They're classrooms outside. Do you yeah, think so? Absolutely. 
But I remember, like, I'll give you maybe some specific examples. It's like, um, so for that event, you need to you need to like spend budget. So there's a budget of money to put towards the event, and I have to go and spend the money, not my money, but like. I need to go and be like, okay, this costs this much, and I need to talk to people who sell these things, and I need to go, and that's like real stuff. As I'm, you know, as maybe you've kind of worked on projects similar where you're out and talking to real people, mm-hmm. and it's um, and like that experience is super helpful to just pick up on like, you know, what what it takes to do something. That's not a just a little little project that I might get a, a B minus on. Oh gosh, I never got a B minus in school. <laughs> that would have been great. Is there minuses anymore? Yeah, I don't. Did they give minuses? No, I I think it'll hurt a self esteem to put a minus on it. That's just that's just my gut feeling. Okay, but I, I'm these are these are straight A students. I'm I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. gosh, sure. top of the mm-hmm. top top shelf these guys. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I like what you said. How important it is to work with real people. Was it those experiences that helped develop what I see is your gregarious nature, your ability to build relationships and connect with the youth you work with? Were those experiences instrumental in building that foundation for you and overcoming the fear of doing that? There's a fear in doing that, right? Mm-hmm. In college, because you were into fundraising too, right? Mm-hmm. Fundraising. Now, how hard is it to fundraise? I had to do some of that in my early career too, and I dreaded it. I dreaded picking up that phone or walking into that retail outlet and say can you donate this to the raffle you know and the guy hands me a, you know well, a guy when, hands me especially a, when you say it like that <laughs> I mean, like, who's gonna buy that right? you know and the guy hands me some pantyhose or something yeah this is great thanks i went what is this oh my god it actually happened anyway so how, how important are those foundational pieces of getting involved outside of your academic program in the community yeah building yeah, well, I always say like, uh, so I do like workshops and stuff, and and I always say like, I remember in grade ten, going back to high school, it was like a public speaking thing. I need to give a speech in front of the class, and I and I, <laughs> I I was on the verge of tears. I was so nervous, the verge of tears, and that and now like, what, probably you know, Adriana would say. That's not. That's like not what I present usually when I go up and speak. Well, the irony of this is he he does workshops in public speaking. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is great for high school students. And and so all those ex, all those experiences talking to people and public speaking is not just like in front of two hundred people. It's like you need to have a conversation with somebody you've never met before. And and so those all those experiences. And what you mentioned about you know event planning and stuff like that, kind of getting those real world interactions, was super helpful. And then yeah, like the last year of my university um, in in Asper, I, I led two fundraising, or co-led two fundraising events that were huge. We raised thousands and thousands of dollars, and kind of got my feet wet in fund in, in fundraising. And yeah, you're essentially asking people for money, which is the hardest thing to get from. Somebody. Oh, it's hard, and it's it. it I don't know, for me it always, it, it, it needed an extra level of, I have to do this, I just have to get mm. through it. Did you ever feel that way? Like I, I didn't like, I never liked doing it. Absolutely. Because I felt like I was imposing all the time. So I'll, t- I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you a funny, a funny one that we did. There was, these, uh, there was these things where it was university, so we would go to the bar 
and I would have. I would and, have. And just for you two, that's the place where they serve alcohol with beverages. <laughs> just so you, just so you two know uh, that. I'm okay. 19, I'm 19. Okay. Yeah, you never. Yeah, you you may not know what he's talking about, but just for the future. Okay. Soon. Okay. Soon. I hope you never go to a bar, and you're always the kind, gentle, innocent person you always are. And have Maybe. Been. Anyway, keep going. So we would go to the bar. <laughs> And, and it sounds and, like a joke coming. I walked into a bar, <laughs> and I don't know who invented this fundraising style or what. But they're like, "You do this. You, you, this is part of what you do at this campaign." And you essentially get a huge one of those mega jars uh, of double lollies, like the suckers, mm-hmm. and you go to the bar, and it's called a buck a suck, <laughs> and you try to sell suckers at the bar. For one dollar, uh, yeah, and 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 it's loud in there. So you you have you're trying to to talk to people who are uh, uh, partying, dancing, oh. drinking, loud music, yeah. and you're trying to convince them to donate to a charity for suck. by buying a sucker. Yeah. How did that go? Surprisingly, you get kind of good at it. You kind of determine like how do I approach somebody. And what do I say to them? Because you literally have one second mm-hmm. to say something. And and so over time, it's like, it's the initial, like, I need to push <laughs> myself over this, yes. pretty much off this cliff and just let myself be comfortable in a free fall of this experience. And, and yeah, you come out of the night feeling like, wow, that's, you know, we raised a ton of money. That was really bizarre because you meet a lot of bizarre people. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's like it makes for good stories and something that I wasn't even thinking about until you just you just talked about. So it, it's it's stuff kind of stores back there of like a kind of a key. Oh, and you key got moments. stories. And you're making a great point about the stuff that's stored in our heads until you talk about them or find an impetus to talk about them or find a spark or an ignition to talk about them. They lay there. That's a great story about how you started. You should use that when you're doing workshops. About like we do. Uh, remember, I did the workshop with you guys about how to make that first call, right? Yes. For the internship, like how do you yeah. make a call for an internship? What does that look like? Like I'm providing a script and doing those kinds of things. It will come naturally to you to do that. The more you practice it, right? The more you get involved in outside pieces and actually converse with people and take an. I love what you said. Curious, a curiosity in what they are and what their story is. That's a great story, Scott. That's mm-hmm. a wonderful story. Yeah. You, you better start using it in your workshops. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, I know. I've, I've, so now you owe me. I'm getting value out of this. Okay, you're getting this value. Yeah. yeah, there was no value before. <laughs> what a burden for this guy coming here. I get it now. Oh, my gosh. I penciled you in. Okay, I squeezed you in. It's a gold mine. <laughs> gold mine opportunity. So now you leave Asper. And I love that you, you've left with a marketing degree. And I think this is yeah. one of the most, I don't know, ubiquitous kinds of degrees where you're not quite sure what to do with it, right? Yeah. And it's not like you're, you're not familiar with the series Mad Men. Are you familiar with this? where it's a 1960s marketing thing where marketing is defined as smoking cigarettes, drinking with your clients in the office, and coming up with crazy ideas and trying to sell it to them. Marketing isn't quite like that anymore. There's elements of it. So when you leave this with a marketing degree, what are your jobs and what are the things you start picking up? Uh, Because when you leave business, remember, everything is business. Mm -hmm. So what businesses do you connect with? Well, I'll uh, I'll go back a step because okay. a lot of my friends are accountants. That's right. And and so they're they're good with numbers, but there's a there's a track there. There's a track yes. of like what you do 
the certifications that you kind of get on path, you usually get in with a firm and, and blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of go on your career with marketing. It's quite a bit different because it's, it is like a little ubiquitous. It is, it's like, you'll learn some stuff about marketing. Um, and then you're kind of like, Oh, there's no specific job for you. You need to kind of like figure that out. And so I, you know, I was pretty fortunate because I had, um, I actually got my first job because of the extracurricular fundraising stuff that I did. So the first job that I had out of university was uh, for an organization called Ray Resource Assistance for Youth, which is kind of like a, um, a youth organization that kind of serves under underserved, underserved youth up to the ages of 29. So they do a variety of different programs and services. And, and I started working there because I had an in because one of the fundraising campaigns was for that. But otherwise, I would have been hitting the job boards. I would have been doing, and I did do that. You yes. Because I, I did hand out resumes. I went to another story that is part of my brain. I, I went to a bunch of, because uh, I was into advertising. I was like, I want to I want to work at an, you know, an advertising. And you want to so be one of the mad men. I want to be the, I want to come up with zany slogans all day. <laughs> that, like <laughs> Exactly. But that's, that's what he's portrayed on television and stuff, right? Yeah. So um, I went to these like firms and I just handed my resume. I just like, and so that was another thing where I just kind of pushed myself. Like you imagine walking into a building as like, a, as a, as a young professional, I couldn't even imagine. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this and like hand them a resume and be like, I want to work for you because I heard a story one time that this worked for somebody <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, it didn't work. It didn't work. I never, I never got any jobs that way. Well, you never, you never subscribed to the Adrian Magnifico school of how to approach them. Exactly. I ne because nobody taught me. Nobody, exactly. nobody taught exactly. me. Exactly. So I was going in there. My resume, resume probably looked horrible. I said all the wrong things, and it's no wonder. <laughs> no wonder I didn't get hired. So, but it was, it was. Uh, I got my first job because of the relationship and the work, the relationships yes. that I built and the work that I did in school. Yeah, and I think that's an underrated piece oh, um, is that even during high school and university yes. or whatever post-secondary or whatever education looks like after high school, there, there's infinite possibilities to build relationships that will help you in your, in your future career. Yeah. And number one is who do you know, mm -hmm. right? Number one, when you start is who do you know? These young people in this building generally don't know anyone mm -hmm. sometimes their parents can help them or an uncle or something and that's super helpful to get you moving right otherwise how do you walk into that building can you remember one of your worst experiences walking into a building yeah they um it, it was uh, like an, an agent's like a marketing agency that does like branding and whatever for companies and and i i got like a mini interview right on the spot that i wasn't expecting and it was three questions and I sucked. I can't remember specifically <laughs> what the questions were, but I remember leaving being like, that might've been, I never want to work in my entire life. And then life. security <laughs> escorted you out and you were back out on the street. Yeah, but, but it's hard. But, but yes. it was because I didn't have the preparation. And yes. I, think what, I think what everybody does here in terms of like the career canvas and reflecting on those pieces helps you in the, your storytelling of and it, and it kind of ingrains that in you so that when you do have a situation come up like that, like, oh, I'm getting a three-question interview right now? Like, how did, um, you have something to say because I didn't have anything to say. 
or I was I, I feel like I wasn't I wasn't ready but I think some of the work that you do here kind of makes you well at least more ready than well <laughs> than yeah but that's that's time too right and I've, you, you even look back to that St. Paul experience like all the pieces you did and the, the little moments of public speaking the little moments of I know it sounds crazy of being on that chess team and conversing with people. They're all setting mm-hmm. this, the small foundations for you to move forward and to engage the next level of stepping out of your comfort zone. Because you're stepping out of that fundraising. You are stepping out of your comfort zone. I've been there. I don't care who does it. They are stepping out of their comfort zone yeah. to say, can you give me a quarter million dollars for my campaign yeah. or for my dream for kids or whatever it is, right? Amazing stuff. So what were some of the others? I mean, you're doing that at Ray, and you leave Ray. Mm-hmm. Did they just? Uh, how, how did that end? <laughs> I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say, did they get rid of you somehow, or did how they, did it end? Um, no, I. There was an opportunity that came up with the 2017. Do you know what the 27? Do you know what the Canada Summer Games are? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So they're like the Olympics of Canada. I call them the Olympics of Canada. Each province kind of has a sport team, and it's a youth sporting event multi-sport event and it was hosted in winnipeg in 2017 so in 2015 the planning committee was looking for employees and i was like this is kind of a cool opportunity and um and that lasts about a year year or two right because there's a lot of planning involved a lot of planning i was there for i was on staff for uh, almost two and a half years actually wow. so it's a long way out and then you kind of deliver the games in 2017 yeah I, but, I, I remember volunteering at the baseball event yeah. highly organized event you yes. felt like you were in, in an olympic games yeah. i was working the hospitality room for cool. for guests at the delta or something fantastic the organization was off the chart that's because of people like you starting the event and just some other guys are starting five years before mm-hmm. right yep. and going along so I, I i joined the sponsorship team which was it's, it's like another word for, for fundraising. <laughs> um, so I was in fundraising. So I did two and a half years at Ray, and then this was another two and a half years. So about the first five years of my career, it feels weird to call it a career, a career, um, was fundraising. So this was a little bit larger sums of money. So what you're talking about, quarter million dollars. Yeah, it was yeah, many, many thousands of dollars yes. that, that you're asking for. And so our team raised uh six and a half million dollars for the games that's amazing mm-hmm. so without you that games isn't going on there must have been a great legacy in your brain to think of what you accomplished here how did you feel at the end the sense of achievement accomplishment it was pretty cool i think it was it, it mostly kind of hit me kind of in the moments that you're talking about of like being at the venues yes and seeing kind of everything unfold because you're working on this thing for two years you have no idea what it's you know, you kind of picture what it's going to look like, but you don't really know what it's going to look like. So I'm sure, like, it, when you work on projects or, what, you know, long-term things, it's like you have an idea, but until you're in that moment, you're like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, when you guys go to an event and you're streaming the Provincial Football Championship, you don't quite know what you're getting into. And then yeah. you look at your streamed work. You must look back on that sometime and go, yeah. wow, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool stuff. And those are amazing achievements. You have stories there that you need to tell that we'll talk about later about your experience and how it affected you and how it made you stronger and what you overcame. What were the challenges of it? Because in your challenge, what was a great challenge in fundraising for you at the Canada Games? Mm. Well, it's, I think it was the, uh, for, for me personally, it, it was the, uh, something that I wasn't expecting was like the amount of organization that it took. <laughs> um, so everybody thinks it's like, oh yeah, we asked for, 
we asked for a hundred thousand dollars they gave it to us um great the games can go on now no there there's there was a lot of detail uh, oh, w- around delivering oh, because oh gosh, they, yes. companies or people invest in in something and then they get like benefits or whatever and so there's there's the whole fulfillment side where you need to um, manage relationships you need to deliver on what you promised you need to um, a, a lot of applications uh, of sponsorship that goes into all aspects of the game what does the venue look like they need a they need a sign that has the sponsor on it somebody needs to print that the venue needs to know where it's going um so it really kind of gave me a really good insight of of how your specific role um kind of interacts or impacts you know a larger team i would say and so you need to be organized to be able to deliver that because if you're not organized, yes. you're 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 creating fires for other people around yes. you, and people aren't going to work with you. Well, and you want to work with and you, and you you you'll burn some bridges mm-hmm. if that sponsor's tent isn't up there in the right place at the right time. I was at the baseball exactly. venue and saw all that stuff, and the the level of organization there is off the chart. Just mm-hmm. the baseball venue, yeah. And look how many venues there are going on for all of the sports. Yeah. So you moved from that. And I will say, I will say, organization is not my strong suit. So this like really pushed yeah. me, and, and it was, and it was part of the job. I, I say this because it was part of the job that I didn't necessarily like. I liked the, I liked the, um, I didn't even mind the asking for money. I didn't mind like the the building relationships, but it was like the organization part is not my strong suit. And I kind of learned that about myself is that sometimes I get frustrated with that. And so in the future, it kind of helps me go, do I need help with this organization part? How much of this can I take on a daily basis without, because it's not, it's just not something I'm, I feel like I'm good at, nor something that I I know how to like be to learn essentially. Yes. 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 So, so it kind of like made me learn a little bit about like, what are my strengths? What am I good at? Um, what do I want to get better at? And what do you, sometimes you overcompensate for that. You organize so hard. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always have that issue myself. I'm not an organizer. I'm, I'm more of a thinker mm-hmm. and a big picture thinker. And so the organization piece, I overcompensate by being over-organized sometimes. And that's a, that's, yep. I don't know, but that's a, that's a big games you put on. I, I, I saw it in action. So then you leave that and then it's HP change. <laughs> Talk about what HP Change was and why you came up with this. What is HP Change? Uh, HP Change is uh, my own company. Um, and it started as nothing. <laughs> it started as that, like... And it continues to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Just still nothing. The website is still under construction. Um, no, it's a great little company. <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was like um, I I started doing like uh, public speaking. It kind of like started out of that, like public speaking stuff. And so that's like kind of the direction I thought it was going. I knew I wanted to maybe start something of my own, or at least try. The great thing about a contract gig like the Canada Summer Games was that the games are done at a certain point, so that. So your 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 work is over. Like it's not like just a job that you can continue to work over like every single year. So at the end it kind of gave me a good opportunity to be like, "Oh, maybe I should I've had this idea to maybe start my own business since I got to university." It was kind of in the back of my brain. But I didn't really have like an idea, right? 
So it was like, well, just this is a great opportunity. Let's just start it now. And um, and so I just started doing like trying to do build relationships, which is an underrated part of starting your own business. It's kind of turning over any stone that you can. And huge thanks to Mr. Magnifico for helping me on that, on that journey. Um, and I started doing whatever job I could get, like literally anything I could do. And to work with you, to work with, to yeah. work with youth, yes. to do, I did, I did workshops for non, for, for professionals. I did work. I did any, I, I did loved anything it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, to like kind of earn money, to earn a little bit of like cred, <laughs> if I could say that to earn, uh, like, um, a testimonial, like a person that you know, will speak to, to my work. Um, so, so that was, that was like that first year was like pretty hard and, and I kind of went back to my event planning roots. We did a we did a, a large event for kind of a conference for youth in 2018, 2018. Um, and it was just an idea to get young people together to talk about the ideas that are important to them. And I still do work like that to this day. And so it kind of evolved. And the more I worked with schools, it morphed a little bit into like still that, but a lot of like career development stuff. So I would do like custom programming for for schools on career development. I would do I would jump in with Mr. Magnifico to do any sessions that I could essentially, um, and slowly kind of build up these relationships, build up this portfolio of work, and uh, and then I started partnering with North Forge, which is an amazing kind of entrepreneur uh, incubator here in in Manitoba. So any like young budding entrepreneurs definitely. Uh, find North Forge and they have amazing stuff. And I started doing uh, entrepreneurship classes for high school students um, every like a weekly, like throughout the year as they kind of build their business. And so that was like a huge chunk of work too. And, and now it's like COVID was a tough time. I'm giving you the full summary here. I'm giving you like the full business landscape. The COVID was a tough time because schools were, you know, really focused on just getting, I'm sure, you know, what was that time like? Oh, for, you're normal. just trying to get through it. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I was waiting for things to go back to normal mainly. It's just yeah. the weird, irregular life yeah. that everyone was living. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. I was just honestly trying to just get through, survive through it and get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. You're just kind of be like, what do I have to do to get this marker, like pass, get to this course yeah. and like, get, get on with this. And, and it was like, and so everybody was on that mindset and it, and it, um, I was like, I got nothing. Nobody's looking for extra stuff. Nobody's looking to to bring in Scott for extra mm -hmm. stuff, you know? Because yeah. everybody's focused, and and that, and I completely understood that. So I kind of, um, I started doing a lot of video work and like trying to uh, deliver value through like video, like everybody, yeah. like what everybody else was doing. And so we did kind of career features and. And so now I, I start, I, I do a select number of workshops with a handful of schools. It's not as much as I used to, um, but it kind of led me on this path of like, um, we did a local TV show last year um, that we did on like careers. And, and I'm doing a little mini series and I do a lot more writing and I, and I um, am kind of in the improv scene in the city and so, it kind of led me doing those videos during COVID was like, oh, it was like, this is would be good for my business, but it was like good for me to explore new things and to get creative and kind of find that creative thing and that I 
or that feeling that I didn't have, I think, all through my school. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, so that's it, like the <laughs> sorry, it, I went well, on. No, a, but that's okay. Roll there. But that's the cool. You got to watch his videos. He does these little improv videos on LinkedIn. I chuckle all the time. They're so cute. You play both characters, and one's always the uh, the. Uh, they're like skits. Yeah, they're small little skits. Oh, okay. One's always the the hapless Schmegly, and the other guy is the <laughs> all knowing person, and they just clash with what what's going on. It's it's they're really cute and funny. They're what about a minute long, right? Yeah, 30, 30 to a, a minute. They're, yeah. they're funnier than heck. Hey, we do something. We, uh, we're we getting, getting the note from the producer saying, you're going a little long. That's how interesting you are, Scott, okay? okay. No, I'm sorry. So, I, I talked okay. I no, talk he, way he, too he long. He talked way too much. But we do something called quick cues, Scott. So All right, love it, love it. Quick cues. They're quick answers. And who's running this? Keep running. Keep Let's go. Go ahead. Okay, are you ready? Oh, I was born ready. <laughs> oh, okay, dogs or cats? Oh my goodness! You just answer you, it, man. You just do answer. not do this. the first <laughs> no, one. No, no thinking. Okay, I have to, I have two cats. Yes. I gotta go with cats. Orange juice or apple juice? Oh, neither. Favorite holiday? Oh my goodness! Favorite holiday? Favorite <laughs> holiday? Favorite holiday? Um, I would say uh, New Year's. Okay, favorite social media? Uh oh my god! Um, <laughs> uh, YouTube. Okay, tea or coffee? Tea. Books or movies? Uh, oh my, uh, TV shows. Okay. Golf or curling? You did not. <laughs> um, golf. Trivia or chess? Trivia. Shows or movies? Shows. Favorite fruit? Raspberries. Cake or pie? Pie. And last question: What is your favorite podcast? Uh, obviously, Adventures in Career. Woo! Good answer. <laughs> that answer entitles you to have this actually published and to put it on the airways of this new thing called the internet. How exciting for that! Hey, thank you for that, Caitlin, and thank you, Caden, and Scott. What a delight to have you on! It's been a while. You've always been in kind of the back of my mind. I thought. Well, I, when other people couldn't come in, that sounds crazy. But I know, I know I can get Scott probably in a week's notice. Yeah. I always thought that, which was, yeah. I'm taking you for granted, I guess. No, that's fine. But it's so super when you uh, you said I can do this. And uh, I tell you, your story's amazing. And I love when you connect to kids, especially kids that I know, and mm -hmm. they talk so well of you, and they're so excited by you. So I hope you continue your HP stuff. Of course. And you uh, you continue to iterate it and move it. And I hope mm -hmm. you continue mm -hmm. your video stuff because your yeah. his videos are really funny. They yeah. just make me laugh. You I know post, him. You post them on TikTok? Yeah. Because I think me and Caden saw some. Yeah, yes. They're, yes. They're Good. Funny. They're all over TikTok. So, so what, what's, you gotta the, be a TikTok what's the deal with TikTok? TikTok. No, not Scott today. Giving me stop, stop. They're <laughs> not giving me any love. Instagram is giving oh, me no. huge love. <laughs> I like it. Well, uh, I, I guess when you fall in love with a social media program, there's a psychological thing. Maybe a psychiatrist might be involved. In I, I, I'm not sure. But anyway, Scott, I want to Thanks. tell you how appreciative I am Thanks, of you coming here. What a great story. And it's always my pleasure to interact with you. You are like a little son to me. Hey, I, I feel, it, you know what? I just want to say I quick second. I just want to say um, I nothing that I've done in the HP change realm or even kind of now wouldn't be possible without mentors and so i would say adriano is a huge Aww. mentor of mine I'm, and, uh, I'm a little misty-eyed right now a little misty-eyed yeah and on that note as i reach for a kleenex <laughs>
it's time and to it's, say. But it's also amazing that you two put up with them, though. Yeah. It really is time to end the podcast. Thanks, everybody. And that's it for another edition of Adventures in Career Lab. Mm-hmm.